With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome to another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. My name is Gino Ray Ramos. I'm Amanda Nduka. And this week, this week, we have Tony-nominated actress and star of the upcoming film Yellow Rose, Eva Noblezada, who was amazing. I'm sorry. Guys, I'm gagging. We just finished talking to her and we both were like, this was a great one. Um, it's, it, it was so yeah. unexpected, yeah, but, but it delightfully was so, unexpected. Yeah, so she she's in this movie, which I, I really liked. Um, it's, it's called Yellow Rose, like you said. It's about this girl who... So her, so she's a she's a Filipino girl living with first generation. Her mom gets uh, picked up by ICE, and she and she also has aspirations of being a country singer, which is really interesting. Yeah. But her mom gets picked up by ICE, so basically the movie's sort of navigating how she's trying to find her footing in this country world and also in the real world being an und- undocumented um, person. So yeah, and she, and it's like she's basically on the run. Yeah, and. And it's in Texas, yes. as you guys know, me and Amanda are yes. both from Texas, <laughs> and from Austin. Yes. Diane Paragas directed it. Leia Salonga, who is a Filipino legend, who also, you know, Eva played Kim in Miss Saigon, and Leia Salonga originated the, recent, the right? role. The most recent. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 not the most recent. Uh, in London. In it was, London? It was okay. her first big gig, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, but just to see, you know, it's so interesting. It, we talk about talk how about it was it. like working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Dina and has seen the play. I think you've seen the play more than once. You've seen, you see, so I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Like I saw it a long time ago. And then yeah. I saw it recently in LA. It's like really I think it was. a nice exchange about, and that's really interesting. And I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Um, hmm. And yeah, she, she like, yeah, she's a gem. Like we, we already yeah. know that she's going to do big things. She's, she's mm-hmm. great. Um, I really liked it. And I'm looking forward to you guys hearing this one. Yeah. So without further ado, here is Eva. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and we would like to welcome Eva Noblezada. Noblezada, am I pronouncing that right? No, Noblezada? Eva Noblezada. Noblezada. To the New Hollywood Podcast, thank you for joining us, Eva. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, so- we just watched your movie. We were just talking about it. We loved yeah. it. It was so. Of it was course. So, yeah. Congrats. And we're both from Texas. Me and Amanda are both from Texas. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I actually yeah. went to school in Austin. I went to UT. So. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Oh my God. Diane went to UT. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the, really? yeah the director oh, went gosh, to UT. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
and um and, world. and then I lived in Austin before moving to California but I was mostly raised in San Antonio which is basically like 45 minutes an hour away I have from a, I have cousins in San Antonio they came and visited me but Austin's Austin's lit. Yeah, oh, I love, 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 love Austin. Is lit. Like, if you haven't been to Austin, highly recommend it. Yes. Um, and go back so bad. if you haven't watched, well, Yellow Rose comes out this Friday. Yes. Which we're very excited about. And, yes. um, but uh, yeah, so thank you so much for joining yes. us, Ava. Um, My pleasure. We'll definitely talk more about the film in a little bit, but we all, we also, we obviously want to get to know you more. Um, <laughs> so, so um how was it so you were you were in uh miss saigon right that was that was mm-hmm. your, your first um big big production yes how yes, okay correct you did you you saw you saw did you see miss saigon you've seen i've never seen the play do you know how told me about this i've place? seen the play i saw miss saigon when i was in san antonio there was a, a, a touring production with dd magno also filipino <gasps> yeah. magno. yes Yes, and um, and then I saw it recently here uh, in LA. I forgot who was playing. It was the touring. Production. Emily Bautista. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that one's definitely on my list. I've been wanting to see that one. But before we get to this, we want to. How was it for you growing up? Were you always into performing? Was it something that you kind of started as a young kid and you knew this is what you wanted to do? And were your parents very encouraging of of you pursuing a a a, a career and entertaining yeah I was always like making noise and I guess just like being dramatic and singing and wanting to perform since I was tiny tiny mm-hmm. tiny so I'm grateful that I had parents who were encouraging of that kind of passion that they could mm-hmm. start seeing in me mm-hmm. um, my dad went to school to Nikolov University to be a music teacher he plays the alto sax mm. and would go on the piano with me and do scales with me and so he was my first like um, music inspiration, but yeah, always, always making noise, always trying to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you were, you were born here, right? In the States. Were your parents also born here? Yes. Okay. My dad was born in Guam and my mom was born in California, oh, no. but um, I consider myself like half 0.5 gen because, <laughs> you know, because one of them was, yeah, just like the upbringing was so heavily cultured and not westernized and i was the first one that was like we need our culture more than we need to be westernized like Mm -hmm. stop trying to buy the american dream it doesn't exist so that is so interesting yeah um so so were you was that was it something that like i know i mean i guess it's still the same with even parents that grew up and maybe even had their parents not grow up in this um in this in this country but was it was it something that they were? I guess you said your dad was in music, but was, were they more so encouraging about it? Was there was there any any talk about oh maybe you should get an education first, get a degree first? Like the typical the typical, typical Filipino yeah. or yeah. like immigrant yeah. kind of direction. <laughs> I was lucky that that wasn't the case okay. because both of my grandparents' sets grew up in like Mexico and then also the Philippines, like respectively. So. I was grateful that my parents would always ask, but they weren't like pressuring me mm-hmm. to do the college route. Like I, I really dislike the idea of going to college. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I still do, but that for me, like I know other people choose to go to college and they learn a lot, but yeah, they were, I mean, for a second, my dad was like totally 
convinced that I was going to be a sports person because he wanted me to go to um, college, try to get a college degree for basketball. And I was like, I'm too short, like, <laughs> but I was very good. And then I did paintball for a while. I did BMX for a while. Wow. So my dad was kind of trying to be like, Sport, yeah, sport, yeah. sport, sport. Amanda is a basketball star too. too. I did basketball, volleyball, soccer, track. Yeah. Well, my parents definitely did not encourage me. They're all about <laughs> academics. Yeah, man. I yeah. just I was so dumb when it came to like giving a crap about academics mm. in, in high school. Like I was a solid like history and English A plus, mm. chemistry and math, like consistent D. And I just didn't care. <laughs> I did not care because I knew that it was not gonna have anything to do yeah. with in the future yeah that's so true though because like you know they you know when I took chemistry in college I was all or like just chemistry in general it was (laughs) like what what are we doing it's like (laughs) but it's like unless I'm gonna be a scientist yeah I don't know for me I'm just like unless my my calling involves this topic Mm. why am I getting graded and why is that depend like why am I dependent on the final grade the time allotted to doing the chemistry homework I had and the math homework I had, like the reason I got these is because I could have invested myself truly. I'm a very intelligent woman, but I was busy writing monologues and I was busy reading books and yeah. honestly skipping class. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to waste my time. Yeah, I don't want to waste my time. Oh no, the, the curriculum definitely needs to be uh, reformed. They can take some things out. Like the they can, they can. Yeah. I also think that there should be a limit of AP classes yeah. because it's like, you're, you're, it's too stressful. Oh my God. I was taking so many AP classes. I think it was like my senior year of high school. And there was just one point, like, I guess it was the second semester. I just stopped caring. I yeah. was just like, oh, why? Um, why? It, it was... It's like a why? Why? <laughs> I think yeah, there are there more life skills that schools can teach us. That I'm I'm it's, it baffles me why we're not we're not taught about like financial planning or oh mm, my god, don't you get know? me started. <laughs> yeah. But that's a whole or just like people concept. skills yeah or like how, no. how to how to negotiate salary right. how to you know <laughs> stuff exactly. like that. Um, yeah. What is a W two? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so my, but that's like, like I said, that's a whole that's what we can go on and on about the different things that schools <laughs> we can go on and on. About about complaining about education. Um, You mentioned that your dad was sort of your first intro into like music or sort of gave uh, gave you sort of an opening into that. But who, was there a certain performer that made you actually want to be a performer? And then what is your first memory of performing? I would say I was, I loved, honestly, I've never answered this question because I never went so far as like my childhood, but honestly listening to voices that my my parents would always play different genres of music so they would play like the lord song it was like a trio gospel oh, um group and then they would play santana no doubt amy no um nora jones and uh selena that's a good mix oh, that is yeah, a so, good mix <laughs> but also like you know uh, my dad also loved jazz so we had ella and we had um louis armstrong his cd on replay um so I had a good mix of like yummy music. Mm-hmm. And I think that combination of things was very inspiring to me because it felt freeing. Mm-hmm. I hadn't yet been introduced to like the uh, very small minded world of pop music. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, being a singer means you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And my first uh, memory of performing, I was five or six and I was singing my grandparents local baptist or lutheran church i don't remember but i was wearing a tiny like 
a pink and orange weird skirt and I sung a song called Bless by Rachel Lampa, mm-hmm. which honestly, if you listen to that song, you'd be like, how the hell did she sing that song? Mm-hmm. It's so uh, crazy, difficult. I could not sing it right now if I tried. So mm-hmm. that was my first memory of performing. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. <laughs> um, so you were, you know, uh, in Miss Saigon and that was kind of your entree into this whole world of entertaining. Um, uh, how how was that playing such uh, an iconic role? Um, and I know that your co-star in Yellow Rose was was also playing, you know, him and Miss Saigon. But first off, like, how was it like playing this iconic role and have it being have it being your first kind of major role on stage? It's hugely traumatic. I was 17. <laughs> I, was gonna, no, I, I talk so openly about how difficult it was. Like mm. you get dro- I got dropped off in a different country. I'd never been on a plane that long before. And all of a sudden, I'm getting per diems. I'm having people tell me, you know, that I'm too, you know, I'm too big. I have to lose weight. I have to fix my skin. Oh, wow. Put me on the, on the pill, mm. like literally on the pill. Um, just to like mature me up and butter me up for the industry and wow wow yeah yeah, it's it's disgustingly traumatic and Mm. it's like it's the side of of theater that it's not been it's not being taught in school Mm. self-awareness yeah and uh taking care of yourself when it comes to your mental and your physical Mm. your emotional state how can i do my job well if i can't take care of myself Mm. Um, so yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> I just can't, I can't lie to you guys. Did you, did you feel like you had to grow up faster than you wanted? Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, I feel like, I don't know how it is for like, um, TV kids who like grow up. That's different. Yeah. That's a different type of fame, but this is like, you're living alone. Yeah. And you don't have any mentors. You don't have anybody checking in on you, making sure you're okay. Um, you don't have anybody being like, Hey, maybe don't eat that or be, take care of your body. Or like, did you sleep last night? You have nobody yeah. taking care of you. Yeah. Um, and you're still required to do, um, six, eight shows a week. You're still required to be a leading lady. You're still required to be a nice person mm. and to also show up yeah. and do a very good job. So it was extremely terrifying. And I did, I had to grow up extremely quickly and it resulted in a lot of issues that I have today that I've worked for years to resolve and mm. to like come to terms with so yeah i would say people are like why are you so how are you so mature for your age and i say trauma mm. well that's true it's like i mean yeah. and like also <laughs> we're in a trauma right now <laughs> what's going on you know on, on multiple levels you know but you know you know I'll, I'll be honest with miss saigon many people have opinions about this musical um, some people say, oh, it's extremely problematic. Yeah, very okay, but good. <laughs> and you know, some some people love it. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie, I see it, the problems, but <laughs> I love the music. You know, the music is is beautiful, yeah. but the the storytelling has not aged well. I wrote a whole piece on it when it was here, um, and it's not to the fault of the actors or anyone. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But how mm-hmm. like when you were in that role, how did you did, were you aware, and how did you even navigate? the problems that this particular narrative had? I wasn't aware of those particular problems until I came to New York because Mm. by that time, and it was about three and a half, four years after I started in London, Mm. uh, there's just not um, a vocal awareness about racial prejudice in the UK as much as there is in the United States. Mm. And luckily I was in um, the Broadway revival here in New York with just a cast of just like awake, live, opinionated, intelligent, educated, 
and cultured Asian Americans who were ready to say something mm -hmm. to problematic opinions of people who were not Asian, who were trying to tell us what we were. Um, so I had inspiration from these people who are now like my family to be like, hey, sis, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you why that's not okay. Or if I had questions, like, I don't understand, like, I have a weird feeling about this. Oh, let me explain to you why you might. And let's talk about how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. I never had that option in London. And I also had developed a sense of awareness enough to say no. Mm -hmm. So I understood that my, uh, the, a lot of the dream I had to do musical theater and, and feel joy, you know, you have to balance that out. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you got to get a paycheck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got you got to go to work. You got to, but you have to understand, I had to understand the balance between getting my money mm. and saying no yeah. and oh. saying, Hey, especially at stage door, you have a lot of ignorant people making comments. Um, I didn't really know how to respond to that in London, but in New York, it was kind of like, you know, Miss Saigon part two, mm. Eva's the actor's trying to go home and she's just being bombarded with ignorance and you have to approach it. You know, you get to choose. You can approach it with grace. Yeah. You can approach it and nip it in the bud. And yeah. it was difficult. It was tiring. But I know now um, New York was the first time I was like, holy crap. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe I was not aware of that when I first signed up to this job. Wow. That, it's, it's like, it, it's, it, it's kind of refreshing for you to like talk so openly yeah. about this. Because, you know, th there's, there, there are a lot of people you know, uh, uh, in, in the industry who kind of are like, all, they kind of like skate around it. And yeah. it, it is interesting well, what you yeah. what you say about, you know, getting that paycheck. And this is why representation and more narratives from people of color, Black, Asian, Latino, are needed because for a lot of Asian actors, Miss Saigon was the only entry point into the industry but it still is it is because That's i just sad. and i talked to john john brionis about this um isn't he great <laughs> <laughs> he's my best friend he is so great and and he's awesome and ratchet but i talked to him and he didn't get his big break until he was 51 mm -hmm. on broadway but he was starring in the like he was in the chorus uh, on the i guess in the london production, yes, right? yeah. in the London. but he production. didn't get his big break until 51 and now he's a part of the ryan murphy universe you know yep. it's kind of but crazy it's, it's crazy too how like i i got we the whole show got back, backlash from so even the asian community it was like where's the vietnamese representation and you know what was it sucked because as a collective like you had never broadway had not seen that many asian bodies um for a while mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know so it was kind of like you gotta again find the balance mm -hmm. between pushing forward progressively when it comes to represent true representation which we all knew we weren't doing so of course we all felt like damn frauds yeah. at times yeah. mm -mm -mm. but then also it's kind of it's kind of like show was written by two white men it was directed by a white man it was produced by a white man it was you know choreographed by a white man mm -hmm. so for all of us we were just kind of like our job as actors and in the words of nina simone to re truly reflect the times is to make sure that we are aware as human beings because the people that have the biggest impact are the humans that come to the theater, they do their mm. job, they leave the theater. I have a platform, I had a platform, I still do, mm -hmm. to make sure that I was spreading awareness on that. Mm. Understanding that I got a job, I'm not, I'm Eva until the second I clock in. And the second I clock out, I am not Kim anymore. I am not my job. Mm. Um, mm. 
Mm -hmm. So it was important for us. And it was cool that all of us had this like, oh, this like passion to be authentic. And of course, it wasn't always simpatico. Yeah. And then then you started in Hades Town, which, you know, I remember before the pandemic, I was trying, you know, to go to New York to see it. And, but, um, you know, never got to, but, uh, how, how was that experience like versus Miss Saigon? And it, it seems like you were swinging some, from something more traditional to something very modern and very contemporary. Totally. Yeah. How, how was that I would uh, say transition? It was amazing. Hades Town is one of my favorite musicals and I'm still pinching myself at the fact, uh, fact that I, I get to be a part of this amazing and tiny family of a, of a show. Um, but again, like it, you know, these, <laughs> any big musical, you're going to come across the same issues of power. Mm-hmm. People get power hungry and mm-hmm. they, for, uh, how do I word this without getting in trouble? Mm-hmm. People get <laughs> power hungry. <laughs> just just <laughs> say they, it. <laughs> and and they, for, they forget who's doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of strength to sit down with yourself and go, ooh, okay, why am I exhausted? Why am I coming to work feeling anxious and sad? Why am I leaving work feeling depressed and not energized and full of joy? Mm-hmm. Why am I? So I had to ask myself the same questions in Hades Town, just because it's the same, you know, just because it's a magical show about um, being together, you know, we can't always, it's just like, people always think that like um, the actor is the character or the character is the actor. Mm. It's like, no, the actor is the actor. Mm-hmm. The character's char- We can't always think that the message of the show is always the message of the show yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. It, it's still a business. Yeah. It's still um, a selling product. Right. And we're still bodies, you know, pe- we're, sometimes we think that we're irreplaceable. Yeah. A lot of the times to most people who are in charge, we're not. Oh, sorry, we are. We are replaceable. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's again, a balance of like, I love that show. I, I feel so much freaking joy when I do that show. If I'm entering the theater in the mindset of, I love to do this. And I also know how to say no yeah. to other things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so behind the scenes. I love hearing you. I love hearing you speak about these things, especially for young people. I feel like when you're new to this business, it's a lot of times you feel like you don't have a choice, right? Like you feel like, yes. you feel like everything is you have to do, you have to endure this pain. It's like, it's all, everything is a rite of passage. Which I think I think now nowadays that's becoming dispelled. Hopefully, like people can't run mm-hmm. run shit and think they can get get away with being assholes or getting away with with um, um, overworking and underpaying their their. I mean, ho- mm. hopefully, but it's it just sounds <laughs> nice. But it, it sounds nice that you're. I mean, that you you are, you are it's still young, but you're yeah. so but you're, you're you're learning and you're and you're you're sure of yourself and you're saying that people people don't have to do this. Like we don't have to. We don't have to be in this position once we, if we want to be in this business if we want to make it in this business yeah there are things that you do because you think of paycheck and you think of you know but you're right like think of p- putting your me- mental state and and everything in the forefront is important too right like absolutely um, i would say a lot of the times the reason to open about talking about all of this and like uh, the ups and downs is because I don't like the idea that Broadway is the final destination. Like, mm-hmm. why are we not viewing our lives more as continuous cycles? Right. Because then if we think of one destination, then everything else is not good enough yeah. mm-hmm. until we get there. Yeah. And then when we get there, it's still not good enough. Right. And right. it's the same with how sometimes actors are treated. Like people don't understand how 
uh, taxing eight shows a week, mm-hmm. a week yeah. is like, you don't, you don't I have couldn't to imagine. I couldn't at all. You don't get to go have a, 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 a nice dinner where you relax. You don't get to come home and like Netflix, continue watching. Nope. Turn this shit off. Got to go to bed and get ready for two shows tomorrow. And yeah. you know, as, as much as it's been a stencil for theater doing this, um, you know, in the way that Broadway shows are commercialized and sold and actors become like Broadway stars and we do eight shows a week. I don't know. I think I just, I, I love, I, I love the future of my life so much that, mm-hmm. I, and I've been through enough mm-hmm. bullshit at my mm-hmm. age that I'm totally willing to sacrifice fame and glory for happiness. Oh. And I know I, I finally understand what's more important and you know That's what? So I don't actually care. I don't actually care. And I also say as taxing as eight shows a week, is this pandemic has given us the opportunity as actors to go, why do we choose to live in an area of our life that's not making us happy? Yeah. Oh, my oh like, shouldn't God. Art, shouldn't, <laughs> but shouldn't art be a magical yeah, exchange between yeah, you? Yeah. And the, the bonus is the paycheck. So why is the only thing I'm thinking about the paycheck? That's something's wrong. I got to realign. Yeah. yeah, no, it's like, it's that's so true. I mean, <laughs> I. For some reason, I just started following. I didn't know Iman, the, the you know supermodel, was on Instagram, and I started following her. She posts these like very inspirational things, and she's like, "Oh, you don't have to stay in a toxic cycle, and it's, you don't have to stay." Yeah, and I you think a and I think a lot, you know, especially I guess like people of a certain generation, people of color, especially women of color, anyone who's like uh, been marginalized, think that you have to stay because. Yeah. You know, you don't have a choice. And yeah. that's really it's also and, you know. the stupid like thing that people say. It's like, you should stay because you should be grateful for this opportunity. Yes. And that's this is why I wish sometimes that I could like be a lecturer at a university, even though I feel like my lessons would be extremely problematic <laughs> yeah. for like old school parents and people. Like I sometimes wish I can go in there and be like being a triple threat does not guarantee you a job. Getting a BFA does not guarantee you a job. Like, right. right. Don't, you don't have to sell your soul to an industry where deep down you know it doesn't give a shit about you at the end of the day. It gives a shit about what you can do for two hours in your day. Oh, God. It doesn't give a shit scream about you the second you wake up. Well, I, I do scream it and everyone's like, she's crazy. No, I mean, that's the message I think. And I hope people like take from the podcast. Like, you're right. Like, you don't, you don't have to. I think people think thought that you used to, this is what you have to do, but you really don't have to. Um, and I think that's changing. Yeah. And like hopefully. you said, this is yeah. this like theater doesn't have to be your only destination. Like you obviously you've made, you made this transition to, to camera being on camera with, with uh, Yellow Rose. Um, so I, I want to talk about that film because I think we say we say a lot about you know seeing things in films that we haven't seen before and people like to use that term loosely but I feel like yeah. this with this film I actually haven't seen anything like this before or a story mm-hmm. oh, like great. before yeah um and that's why it was it was it was very it was it was so pleasant to watch because it was it was still themes that you can relate with but also seeing somebody who like how many Asian country singers are are out there I mean mm. I, don't, I don't know if there's a lot zero I, I don't know <laughs> but, but to seeing like exactly to seeing like some something else and and doing something that's so commonly known you know we see white people it was just to me I just love seeing things like that and that's what that's what I really get excited about oh this is something that we haven't seen before um so for you yeah. what what stood out to you about this this film and what did you connect with um initially when, when you read your character I I think honestly it's such a simple story in itself 
but also it kind of reminded me and like like micro triggered me for like so many things in my life like I grew up in I didn't grow up in Texas but I grew up in North Carolina after being in such a beautiful city where San Diego where like my grandparents lived on the street from each other so I had 50 I had both enriched experiences in both sides of my ethnicity and, and both cultures so mm-hmm. I was a blessed child growing up when I, I was very uh, loved and I loved both sides of me and then I moved to a, a place where I immediately realized I could not be outwardly that mm-hmm. not be outwardly myself or else it would be met with uh, raised eyebrows or like um, mm. you know I, I remember my dad my parents worked so freaking hard to just get us across the country and build a beautiful house for us to live in and my dad worked in UPS for a long time and he's I love my father he's the most hardworking person I've ever met but mm. remember he we were in uh, I don't know food line or heresy or something like that and he was in his UPS uniform and he was, uh, you know, it was summer, so he had his, uh, he had his Pinoy tan and like he was sweating a little bit. And I remember seeing a woman or somebody who lived in the neighborhood and said, "Hey, John, you're on. You, you moved in, you know, whatever. Nice to see you." So, and she looked my father. She looked my father up and down and said, "So you, you, you got, you paid for your house?" Wow. What? And that was the, that was the first time, like at nine, I was like ready to, mm. ready to throw. I was like. <laughs> And throw yes. hands on that woman <laughs> even at like that young age that you're aware that that was definitely um <laughs> a problem a problem yeah. a problem yeah god definitely god the universe definitely blessed me with a hyper awareness yeah. and i'm a quintuple i'm a quintuple pisces i have a lot of just like Ooh, what's that mean? i have a lot of <laughs> pisces apparently is the one sign that's lived through all the other signs mm-hmm. so it's just like but also it's like a very like it's a water sign so being a quintuple pisces is kind of like like you know avatar i don't know i don't i don't know of that show but i it, 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 i'm also given i feel like i've been given this hyper awareness of emotion and pathos and empathy so for me i immediately get mad if something makes me upset i exact i know exactly what made me upset and i i know exactly what i'm feeling and why i'm feeling it so to see that happen to somebody that i love i was like hold on and then i continued to experience that myself like one of my childhood friends growing up used to call me um ping ping mm-hmm. because she thought i looked like mulan and i uh, didn't realize uh, until like years later that i was like oh actually that's a little jackson yeah. no <laughs> but, like, it is at a, yeah. at, a, at, a, at a young age you can't acknowledge that as soon as like as quickly as we can now isn't so. that weird how we you'll always remember those insults or like things that were supposed to be playful but like from elementary or even high school. Cause I remember like my high school friends, quote unquote, would always be all, oh my God, Dina's gonna have dog for dinner. I remember them telling me that. And I'll, I would just be, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then now you look, look at that mm. and you're just like, these were my friends yeah. or yeah. friends. My, it, yeah. It's so weird. And, what, and what's horrible is that you would hopefully hope that they grow up and say, gosh, I cannot believe I said that to Dino. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to make sure that I live my life now educated on how I talk and have conversations about things that I understand. Mm-hmm. And I teach that to my children as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't understand something, you ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a stupid question, but there are such thing as stupid people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a shirt. <laughs> that's a hashtag right there. <laughs> to quote my father. That's my father said that. <laughs> um, you, I mean, I, I probably should have this before, but can you just talk a little bit about this film and sort of the message of this film and why is it 
important. I guess the film is very timely, but it could also, I mean, it could, it could be timely at any moment in, in, in the history if you think about it, but why do you feel like the message is so important now in, in our current landscape? Yes, I'm so sorry. Um, excuse me. Can you please take the chicken out of the oven? I'm just, <laughs> Let's keep I'm that just in. Freaking out. The no, I'm just freaking no, out. I'm just, no. just no. because I'm like I'm stuck and I I can yeah. like smell it yeah. as cooked and I'm like I'm just kind no, of it's like, okay. We like I'm we so like it to be very candid here, so we we, we, great, we keep things great. here. <laughs> great, it's been a very long day of press, so I'm just making sure that I'm being focused right. and nothing burns. Yeah, good. Save that chicken. Um, but yes, yeah, save the pollo. Um, I would say Yellow Rose to me, depending on how any human decides to come into the theater, it could be political, it can be uh, problematic, it could be, um, thank you, it can be um, a story about country music, which I don't think it's, it is, but mm. I would just ask and pray that people leave their political ideas at the door yeah. um, so that they can experience a story about humanity. And that's exactly what Rose goes through. She's a normal, yeah. a regular regular girl. Yeah. And the only difference is, is that she's going through, well, actually not difference. I feel like a lot of kids her age go through an identity crisis. Right. Like, mm -hmm. Who am I? Yeah. What is this voice telling me that I want to do this? Do I ignore this or do I like play the game? Yeah. And, and then um, that she's dealing with, you know, so the thing that sort of sets the events off is that her mom gets picked up by ice. Mm -hmm. yes. And like, that's sort of what, yeah. So she's dealing with the, you know, having to be without her mom. She's still 17. She's young, yeah. having to navigate, you know, a world without, you know. Being undocumented, yeah. not yeah. being, being, um, you know, and, and also like she realizes too, I think the severity of the issue. Mm -hmm. She goes, why did my mom never tell me this? Mm -hmm. Why did my mom never tell me that the paperwork that my dad filed before he passed away does not apply to us? Why did, you know, and then she realizes, oh, it's out of fear because this country, the state, the city doesn't want me as much as I want to be right. in it. Mm. So it's it's a self it's an identity crisis in both like who she is as a young woman and who she is as a young woman of color, yeah. and then now who she is as a young woman of color who's homeless. Yeah. And so it's it's literally it's a very severe and also dishearteningly yeah. real yeah. situation a that a lot of it. young people are facing. Yeah. yeah, a lot of layers to it. Um, how has that transition been for you going from stage to being in front of a camera? Obviously not having to do eight shows a week <laughs> and versus, you know. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> how has that been for you? Honestly, I love it. I, I always, I learned how to act via movies mm -hmm. just because I couldn't, my parents couldn't afford acting lessons for me or dance, whatever. So I would play movies on this large projector screen that my dad made in our, in our house and would write the script down to all my favorite movies, like word for word. I press play, listen, write it down, press pause, press play, and then study the script. And I would practice them, like the monologues or the lines in the mirror and like record myself on my laptop. And to me, that was my acting. So mm -hmm. I learned in a big, in a big way that like the smallest things goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how my, my, my stage uh, performance is like based on. It's not about hitting the back of the of the theater it's about if i'm as human as possible with obviously a, a few like technical tweaks of like body and everything right. then it's going to hit the back wall anyway if i'm being truthful so that's it was actually a really refreshing mm. switch doing stage and then immediately going to austin to shoot the film but diane is just an amazing director like she's just so encouraging and she's so open to anything like there'd be i would say actually like maybe 70 percent of the film is improv Whoa. 
Yeah, I mean, she wrote, we would, there would be times where we would do the scene based off the sides I would get for the day. And she'd be like, hey, Eva, try that again, improv, we're rolling. No. <laughs> or she, she would, she'd be like, Eva, just improv, you have one take, because the lighting's perfect, you have one take, go. Wow. Mm. So it was like, it was a great, for an nice. actor, it was an amazing challenge, but it was also extremely rewarding. She's an mm. incredible director. I love how she made Austin look, because it made me feel like, it. you feel Austin. It, it feels like, and you could tell she's from there, or she's from Texas, because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. It, it felt like Austin. You know, um, with the movie, you know, have you met Leia before you signed on to do this? Of course I have. Yeah. <laughs> we met together. Well, is there is there a special uh, like Miss Saigon Kim Club that is like an exclusive club that all of y'all are part of? If there was, if there was, <laughs> do not invite me. I don't do clubs. <laughs> no, but like, clubs. how was it? Just kind of like working with 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 Leia, you know, knowing that kind of you guys have been through you know the, yeah. the kind of miss saigon boot camp or you know did you like sharing war stories and like having that connection i mean and i i know it and i think one of the big scenes that i i enjoyed and i shared the clip on deadline is of you two singing the hisayo which is you know for a lot of like i'd never thought that i would be writing an article you know that song means like a lot to the mm. filipino community yeah. and uh, I, it's a Tagalog song because of you. It's it's a serenade, and I never thought I'd be watching a movie where there's like a mainstream big studio movie singing that, and me writing it on a mainstream, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, that's really special. Yeah, but you know, just how finding that connection, and you know, you you work with Princess a lot too, and like three like very defined women, Panay women at that, yeah. you know. Um, just how was it just kind of going through that, you know, specifically with Leia, you know, because kind of you guys have this interesting parallel trajectory in your, your careers. Totally. I would say, I would say I met Leia in 2014 and she was already an idol to me because of her voicing Jasmine and Mulan's singing voice and knowing that she was Kim when I was started going into high, going to high school and studying musical theater. So we met in 2014 and it was just so amazing to see like the queen like it was like what meeting the queen mm -hmm. and then like the, the the more I grew up and the more that I uh, would cross paths with her I was like wow she's just a human she's a regular human being like she doesn't at all try to act like all like with you know um, diva-ish diva manners mm -hmm. or anything and which honestly is it's easy to come by in this industry um she's just a humble uh, down to earth, magical human. And it was amazing to see, to work with her like we did in Yellow Rose because it was like, wow, this is really a full circle moment. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. thank you for paving the way. Thank you for paving the way for me. And also realizing that I'm not trying to be like you. Because mm -hmm. that, that was a huge thing. There were so many interviews of being like, how does it feel like to be in Leia's longest shadow? And I'd be like, bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I remember well, I got, well first off that question is that. shady to begin with literally shady, shady. Yeah. quite literally shady and I remember being like do you want me to define to you what a shadow is because I am sure as hell not anyone's shadow, not shadow. I was that like is, how dare that's... you but it made me happy to know that she wasn't trying to be like I was the original Kim now you have to fill my shoes mm. she literally oh, good, passed good. it with such with such grace and because she, she is one of the nicest 
loveliest human being. She doesn't take shit too, which I love. But she's and she she passed she passed the baton. She didn't pass the cookie cutter. She passed the baton and said, "Twirl it, girl. Go that. run." Love and that. so I that's what I appreciate. I because, love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love special. that. Perfect. I love that. Say that that you're you're just full of these gems. You're, I know. You're make this. <laughs> um, but like you know, you you are you know biracial. You know Mexican and and Filipino, and you know it's. I think especially with the Filipino side, we 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 find like this underrepresentation, and there's a long history of our identity being fractured even within the own community and even mm. our industry like a lot of people don't know what to do with filipinos they're like oh what are you blah 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 yeah. but you know it you know now that you are you know in this public eye you you, you have this name do you feel a, a pressure or a responsibility to represent the culture not even just filipino but you know for the for latinx culture like yeah what I don't want to say burden, but what kind of how how do you? No, I, I understand that? your yeah. point. Yeah, I mean more like a weight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the weight. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I would say every human on the earth since the beginning of time has had a tremendous responsibility, not only about representing their ethnicity, which. Look, I cannot believe we are still having a conversation between nationality and ethnicity. It really makes me laugh. It makes me giggle. <laughs> um, but I would say every human has a responsibility. I think everyone wakes up and at least th- thinks five times a day, like, what is the meaning of life? Mm. And that already is a weight. That's already a driving force of like why we do what we love to do or why we why we sit at a desk for eight hours a day to get a paycheck and take care of our families and why do we uh listen and believe the lie of society even though deep down we know it's a lie so there are so many things already that we have a responsibility to be aware of but for me particularly I have a responsibility for myself and for my the name of my family like Palacio Noblezada I'm grateful to have two beautiful like cultures like entwined like in my blood and it's my responsibility to extract as much wisdom and joy I can from the life that I have because I'm not promised tomorrow so the most I can be uh, authentically and unabashedly myself mm. and who I am and where I'm from and asking questions about my family, making sure I'm aware as, as much as I can hold in my brain, the political current political environment of the United States. Like how much can I learn? Like, what do I actually believe? Am I, is my opinion swayed because of who I am or what I've done or so there's a lot of responsibility that we face and I feel like it is an extreme weight, but also that's an honor. It's like, it's like, it's the same weight of holding a badge or a medal. Mm, like that's, mm, we have to be proud. We have to be proud of that, but it's diff- It's definitely not easy. I mean, I'm trying my best to like under like break down capitalism in the United States. I have reading like two books right now, one called braiding sweet grass and another one's like blood and, and government about imperialism and colonialism in the Philippines. And it's like, I'm trying to like learn so much right now. And it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. You are a what are you, already wise beyond your years. Um, I know. You're, yeah. I appreciate that. You're making me feel like I'm shoulder. not doing enough. <laughs> no, but I, I, love seeing it. I love seeing it. It gives me hope. We definitely need more people. I know. Like you. Yeah. Um, so what, what's next for you? What can you tell us that 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 um, either has been announced that you want to talk about our projects or you can give us the tea that things are not announced if you want to? <laughs> <laughs> Deadline. Um, um, I'm not going to lie. You're going to laugh so hard. No, um, no. First off, I'll, I'll start with a good one. So I have a podcast called The Amarillo oh, Project. Yeah. Um, it really just hopefully encapsulates 
my chaotic energy, I, I, I call my friends, we get kind of tipsy, we talk about a certain topic. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm announcing um, the top, the uh, kind of theme of season two in a week mm -hmm. uh, of the Amadeo Project. So that'll be on my socials. But also right now at the moment, because I have like not really any desire to go back to doing a show a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm learning. I'm actually learning very quickly. I never to my own horn, but I'm extremely good at what I'm about to say. I'm trying to train myself and my performance skills to be able to get booked for corporate and uh, like showy gigs for pole dance performance. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, like. Oh my God, you're gonna be, you're gonna be on P Valley, aren't you? <laughs> Honestly, I would love to. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I've seen clips. Yeah, that, that you need to watch that show. That show makes Katori. Yeah, Katori is a brilliant writer who created that show. That writing is so on point, and the women on that show are it. athletes. It, and it's oh, like the, none, of them, none, of them are, so none of them are strippers; they're all actors. But like, bro, the, their pole work is amazing. Like, it well, there are some. Yeah. There, they do use some local dancers, like yeah. kind of for background. I'm about the, the main girls. The, yeah. Main, the main, yeah. but Brandy, that main actress who plays Mercedes, Ava, you need to just watch it. You'll be I have inspired. to watch it. Yeah. Okay. You'll gag. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a great show. But I highly recommend. It's been such a, I highly recommend pole dancing to everybody. Honestly, it's not only an amazing workout, but it helps kind of like, my teacher's brilliant. She's so beautiful. She's like, it's, it's a, it's a heart chakra opener. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you gotta, it, like, especially nowadays, the more this can be open. Like actually people think like, oh, the more I open it, the more I get hurt. No, the more you open it, the more you coast through life and understand more about the, the small ma magical mini moments of life. But I'm trying to like, I, I found my pole style and I'm trying to like train my body in a way that's like, if somebody down the street's like, hey, we're having a corporate gig. We need a singer and a pole dancer. I'll be like, hey, I can do both. <laughs> that's dope though. Your pocket. That is yeah, so I dope. Did, I did pole dancing for like maybe a couple weeks, but I guess because I wasn't, it, I didn't look like, like a lot of, the stuff. <laughs> and I was like, "Why? You don't have to look. Why like am I anything. not looking like any? Like I wasn't. So I, I, so I stopped. But I, I, I need to go back and give it more time. Like it was, it was. But I can't learn in a class, though. I have to. I'm very like one much on one. Local. Okay. Yeah. I like learning by myself. I like learning like in a room by myself. Yeah. And if, if anyone's watching me, it's my teacher. And occasionally, mm -hmm. I'll like drag my boyfriend down there yeah. and be like, "Watch this. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I can The one thing that always like gets me is just like. You know, when you kind of like the skin rubbing against the pole, like you hear that squeak. I get, I was like, oh, does that burn? Does that, it's like, if you, it, it's, it's if you hear a squeak, it. It, you must not have, yeah, you must not have wiped the yeah, pole down. It. Or it's just like you get used to it. Like there are certain muscles that are used that it's not normally used when you're like walking when you're on the pole that you wake up and you're like, oh yeah, like I have like pole bruises, like they're yeah, everywhere on my yeah. leg. That's, yeah, that's oh my God, normal, yeah. Though. It's so yeah. like, it's but like a lot of, I love a lot of bruises. I, mean, I admire those athletes yeah. because, yeah. because the, in, on P Valley, there's that one move they do where she's like horizontal and a girl is standing on top of her. It's out of control. It is out of control. I have friends I have that are, it. I have a couple of friends that are actually like, they started doing pole dancing and they just loved it. And now they're doing, they do, they do competitions now. That's kind of the goal for me. That's so dope. So we like to end our, our uh, session with this uh, segment we call the FAQs or the facts. Just really fun okay. questions. Okay, so your first question is, if you could star in a film adaptation of a musical that hasn't been made into one yet, what would it be? 
Hades Town. Mm. Oh, oh my God, that's Honestly, so dope. Yeah. No, but I'm not trying to be shady because sometimes what they do when they turn musicals into movies, they're like, "Thank you, cast, so much for doing all the hard work. Now we're gonna cast celebrities who can't sing." Thank you so much. <laughs> well, okay, ladies, well, I'm just joking. Look what, look, look what happened with cats. Oh, well, look what happened with cats too. Case in point. Um, I went cats. to the premiere for that. <laughs> Actually, I loved Cats. I actually really enjoyed Cats. You like Cats too, Dino, didn't you? Well, we, like, there's a reason why I like that. Cats. And we can't say why on uh, on okay. air. Okay. We'll okay. tell you why when we stop recording. I think I can guess. <laughs> yes. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to read you. I think I can guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but, but I would say Hades Town. Like, but I think it should be it needs to be an animation. Mm. It needs to be a really good animation. They're not gonna encapsulate it. I mean, it's perfect on stage, but it'd be, it's gonna be also perfect if it's animated. But please let me play your Disney. <laughs> like, why would you not give me the role? Well, we're gonna put that out into the universe. <laughs> yeah. And animation is hot right now. It is. You know why? Animation is hot right now. <laughs> pandemic proof. And it's pandemic I love proof it. too. Um, okay, so this is a new question because I've been asking this for the past, our past couple of guests because I love this question. So one has to go, one has to go. Beyonce, J-Lo, Rihanna, or Janet Jackson? One has to go. J-Lo, bye. <laughs> I mean, what? You're the first person to answer that question so quick. I know. I'm sorry. You said Beyonce, J-Lo, Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna and, and Janet. OG Queen Janet Jackson. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so yours question makes the most, I mean, no shade to J-Lo, she's great, but. No, I would, never It would be J-Lo for me too, though, <laughs> so I can. No, me it's too. It's a horrible question. Be, yeah, it's a bad question. <laughs> um, okay, if you could only sing one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, the only song that gets stuck in my head more so than the average song, which bothers me that it does, because I don't actually like it, is Cisco's song song. <laughs> I, I always end up like, it's so percussive. It's like a good like shimmy song too. <laughs> it is like if I'm in a bad mood, like if you play it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. it is a good, and it's also That's a good, good karaoke song because it gets everyone hype, you know. And there's and, good you vocals know. in it too, like like Cisco had some good great vocals back then. Oh yeah, I mean the music video though cracked. Yeah. <laughs> I remember they had the musical, like not the musical, Thong Song the musical. No, uh, Cisco. Uh, and then there was a remix with Foxy Brown, and I got so excited when that came out. And there was like a remix, and then they made, they made a video with it. Yeah. It was during that era when they like they would MTV always make a remix. Videos. Yeah. Like, you guys remember like M the K uh, MTV Spring Break Week and like he yes. <laughs> he did like a, yeah. I think Cisco Thong Song is like the epitome of MTV Spring there Break. There was like a like, thong. I was gonna say yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a thong song or something. I remember that. I remember I had to change the channel anytime the song, the video came on because my parents did not want Your parents to. weren't having it. Your parents <laughs> weren't having it. Like, what is this? <laughs> um, so, do, like, when, when you did perform on stage or do you, just in general performance in general, do you have any weird superstitions or pre performance rituals? It's gonna sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I don't have any pre-performance rituals other than like warming up but like for my cabaret that's like the most fun I have on stage when I get to sing my cabaret and like perform my show 
but I always have a gin. Mm. Double gin on on the rocks. Loosen up. Loosen up, right? Yeah, and then I have, and then we play a drinking game during my show. Like, if you guys are ever in New York and, like, I'm able to do my show and you guys can come. It'd be so much fun. That's so fun. Oh, well, definitely. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I'm in. You had me at. <laughs> um, would you rather snitch on your best friend for a crime they committed, or go to jail for crime, or go to jail for the crime they committed? Oh, go to jail for the crime they really? committed. Really? Oh, look at you. You are such a good person. I would never snitch on my bitch. I would oh, never. I'm that's a hard. I'm kind of. Sh- I'm kind of shady. I'd be all. I'd be quick to be all. Okay, it was her. It was her. <laughs> Well, because this question doesn't specify what you would do. So if it was like two nights in jail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. If it was, if it was Maybe like, I should have been more specific. That, yeah. We should have been more specific. Because if you were like, if they killed someone and they went to prison for 10 years, I'd be like, no, she killed them. <laughs> so think about what she's done yeah. and I'll visit her. Yeah. If it was okay. like she stole from the mall or something and yeah. that's like mall. Didn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> did like, I? Did we I all don't stuff think. The mall? I, I did I steal. I, know, I was always too. I was always too, like a scaredy cat, so I never stole anything. No, I stole from them all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, big. I, 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 remember... I stole a pair of panties once from Target. And I oh my gosh, big. girl! <laughs> you got my sister. My sister got caught stealing at the uh, on an Air Force base at the base exchange. You know, not she at the in... Air Force base. Yeah, she got why in did you huge trouble. To go there? No, my sister did not. Uh, my sister and my oh, friend. I know. Did. I'm yeah. like, why would I, you go? I know. Let's be that was a bad decision i mean but i remember also the air force base is a town in itself yeah. like it's like isn't it like self-supported and self yes it is like, wouldn't you rather steal from like a high like, like i don't know like <laughs> like a target like Walmart. panties from a target <laughs> okay sorry target sorry <laughs> I do remember we did I what I remember when me and my cousin and my sister were like in Vegas once and like you know that casino circus circus and we would always steal prizes from you know stands that's stupid wow and it's Vegas (laughs) (laughs) um or the vending machine you guys ever shook the vending machine and tried to like get a free like my my I, ca- I can't i can't maneuver that like that because that's you know trying to reach up yeah. or yeah. to shake it but i would get excited when it would be bonus and you would get two for the price of one because you know? <laughs> two honey buns yeah. for 75 yeah. cents yes. <laughs> honey buns. okay um our final question is we ask this to all our guests is there an underrepresented voice in the industry whether actor writer producer singer creator that is not in the mainstream that you think people need to know about and you want to give shine to? Underrepresented, I'm not sure. Or just someone like you know who just, like, you know, yeah. you know is awesome. Can I, that- can I, okay, I love, I like to brag about this particular person, his name is Reed Carney. Okay. Mm. I think he is the absolute shit. He has an mm. album called Youth is Wasted, it's fucking amazing. Um, He's like should have been nominated for Tony for Hades Town, but people decided to be goofy and to not take that year seriously. Um, I'm looking at you, Broadway. Um, <laughs> um, I don't care. I literally was all, in all the interviews. I was so mad. They're like, "How are you feeling? Why are you? How, how are you feeling about being here today?" And I was like, "Honestly, I'm annoyed. My leading man should be standing here next to me, also nominated, but somebody made a bad Aww. decision up there." But also, he um. But yeah, he has uh, he, so many amazing projects that he's working on, but I think he has one of the best voices and one of the best shows when he does his performance mm. um, I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of them. Oh so my he's God. amazing. Yeah. 
Well, oh my god, Eva, thank you so much. I mean, honestly, thanks for having me. This was like this today has favorite. been kind of yeah. shitty. Well, this whole yeah. week, and it's only Monday. Um, <laughs> oh. you know, but like it, this was has been a very refreshing conversation. Yeah, and, yeah, really. and, I know it has from you guys as well. I yeah, really we appreciate do this. you guys. I'm happy that we, were, yeah. we met you. Congrats. Um, yeah. Girl, you're going to do amazing things. I can already tell. Yeah, you are. So, and we're going to come see you in New yeah, York yeah, at your cabaret. You guys and are going to have to get an Uber back because <laughs> I, will, I love drinking with my audience. Girl, we are in there. We're there. We're there. Thank <laughs> you so much again. Thank you so much. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.